0: back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Hate Read. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. Every fortnight here on Hate Read,
1: one of us challenges the other to read a book that we think she will hate. We actually did that this fortnight again. <laughs> um, I challenged Em <laughs> to read the book The Heiresses by Sarah Shepard. And is that our whole intro? It feels like I missed something. Oops.
0: Yep, so first things first. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So first things first, M, <laughs> Did you
0: finish this book? I did. I did, in fact. And I wanted to start off, actually, with a question for you, Anna, uh-huh. which was, well, two questions, really. First question, um, last week, well, last fortnight, when you challenged me to read this, you said that there were a lot of things that you thought I would hate in it, and I agreed that it did sound like that. But I want to know specifically why you thought I would hate this book cuz I I don't know if we're we're on the same page in regards to that. I want to see what the I want to see what your thought process was behind picking this specific book.
1: Um I thought you wouldn't like it because a it's about a bunch of like rich socialites and I think I have heard you mention before that you're like just mm-hmm. totally over reading about that type of person. <laughs> <laughs> and then also because there was like it said there was gonna be a mystery and i also know you don't like mysteries okay so that was my thinking why
0: did you like this book um well first off okay for 20 for the first 20 percent of this book i thought exactly what you said i was like oh shit this is a book about socialites i fucking hate mm-hmm. reading about socialites they're incredibly boring and i don't care about their rich people problems um
1: i have to part of that is job. because as
0: yeah, and part of that is because, as I've mentioned before, I work in an industry where I come into contact with a lot of rich people and they annoy the shit out of me. Um, so, yes, that was 100%. And I thought I wouldn't really like it because it's a mystery. Um, and I think if I liked mysteries – and this is this is my second question – what did you think of this book? Did you like it or no?
1: I thought it was trash, but I loved it. So.
0: <laughs> okay. So here was my, where I landed on this book. Right. Okay. Um, I felt like if I liked mysteries, I would hate this book because I hated all the yes, characters. Yes, they were very bad. But because, yeah, because I hated all the characters and I kind of didn't really care what happened to them. I liked it a lot more than I like most mysteries. Okay. Like I didn't entirely hate this book I hated aspects of Mm -hmm. it but once it kind of got into the part where stuff is happening I was pretty okay with it
1: oh dang well so that's the other thing too is I (laughs) hit I think it was like the 30 percent mark and then I read the rest Mm -hmm. of it in one sitting I was like this is so good
0: (laughs) yeah once it gets past well let's go ahead and just kind of let's get into what this book is about for those of you who maybe haven't read this one um we mentioned this is written by Sarah Shepard, who is probably best known for her YA series, uh, couple series, but primarily Pretty Little Liars, which mm-hmm. has been made into a TV show and blah, blah, blah. Did you ever read any of the Pretty Little Liars books?
1: No, and I have not watched the show either. So this is my very first Sarah Shepard.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I may have read, like, the second or third Pretty Little Liars book back when they first came out when I was, like, early high school. Um hmm Because I remember like picking it up from the library because it only had that one available and being really confused, which makes sense because it's like, yeah, it was like the second or third book. Um, I did that a lot back then. Like I wasn't I I, that's how I read the Twilight series when it first came out. I read the second one first and then went back and read the first one. This is fine. It was just whatever was was available to me. So, okay, so um, I get the sense from looking at her body of work that she does a lot of kind of the same sort of thing. Yes, Um, I think she's the same, same kind of author. Yeah, group of girls connected in some way, tormented by a killer, and they have to deal with it. Um, Because I believe that is the primary, like thing of Pretty Little Liars is there is a person who knows all their secrets and may or may not be killing them. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the deal here. Uh, we've got a group of cousins of the, um, a group of, of cousins from the Saybrook family, the famous Saybrooks who are famous and rich and own many diamonds because of their diamond company and they, they are just big old socialites and everyone knows them and they're they people are obsessed with them and there's a whole yes. like blog about them and they get entire articles and entire um, issues of people dedicated to them and stuff like that which didn't really yeah, I, like ring true
1: for me I was going to say I don't think we have a real world equivalent unless right. I'm just like completely detached from that Realm,
0: like the closest but. thing in terms of how they are perceived by the rest of the world, is the Kardashians, right? Like, it's oh, like, right oh, I forgot about them, yeah, right. But they don't act; they're not they're not famous for like reality TV. They're famous for. It would be like if, um, like the Trump family, pre him being elected, were treated the way the Kardashians are by the media. Yeah, where they they are a business family but everyone's like super obsessed with them it's yeah. very strange it doesn't make like sense.
1: maybe how royalty is in the uk which maybe not because also i'm not from there so i don't know but that's kind of like the vibe <laughs> I, I got that she was like trying to give us yeah american royalty but
0: kind of yeah except again that they like did something re- like they are they own a business yes like, yeah
1: so I guess like if the Vanderbilts were still like a huge thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I and I mean like like people do kind of follow like heiresses and heirs of big companies and stuff. I remember like Taylor Swift was dating a Kennedy at some point and people were all into that. Um mm-hmm. so I mean like that does happen. Like you do get like stars they're just like us about, you know, kids of big families. Mm-hmm. But Not to the extent this book was making it seem like, where, like, literally the entire world is obsessed with them.
1: Yeah, and they...
0: Yeah. Anyway, this is the family. The girls that we are interested in, or the women, I should say, that we are interested in, we have, um, and they, you know, each fulfill a very specific, like, archetype role. So we've got Poppy, who's the perfect one, and then Corinne, who's also the perfect one i guess and then <laughs> the slightly less Ro- perfect one <laughs> aster aster the wild and crazy one mm-hmm. rowan al- also kind of the wild and crazy one i guess <laughs> and then there's natasha who's there the the one that disinherited herself the, the one that's not <laughs> you know the four personality types plus the extra one yes <laughs> Um, we get viewpoint chapters from three of those women, Corinne, Aster, and Rowan. Uh, we do not get any viewpoint chapters from Poppy or Natasha, which should probably clue you in that bad things are going to happen to those two, and guess what, they do. <laughs> but we open at this funeral of the friend of the fa- well, uh, the, the, so the guy who founded their jewelry company is this group's grandfather okay Mm -hmm. um that grandfather had a protege named steven who drowned in the ocean in shallow water despite being a (laughs) like good surfer boy or something like he drowned (laughs) in a puddle or something (laughs) like on a sandbar yeah i don't i i (laughs) guess yeah i think just like I think just kind of, like, face down, like, waves lapping at him was kind of the visual I got. Yeah. Um, and also... right along the shore. He didn't, like, it wasn't an accident. Spoiler. It wasn't an accident, but but everyone believes that it was an accident because he was drinking at the time. Um, so this happens. Everyone goes to the funeral. We are introduced to a shitload of characters. Like a thousand Most characters. of whom yeah like literally a thousand characters that was the other big complaint I had about this novel was um besides that, it made me read about rich people was that um <laughs> it, there were so many of them so there many. were just, and i didn't i i couldn't I couldn't keep track literally right now I didn't know that this was in the book, but I am looking at the family tree in order to oh, I didn't know that was a thing. yeah, yeah, at the very front there's a, a very handy family tree um so thank you for that. Uh, see on editors. the Kindle,
1: if you have the Kindle or the Kindle app on your phone, if you mm. highlight names, they have like an X-ray thing, and then it will tell you like the first oh. instance of that person's name popping up, which is the only reason I could keep track of anyone.
0: Wow, that is handy. <laughs> I I
1: just discovered it on. Welcome to Kindle a Hacks with
0: Anna and M.
1: <laughs> yes, welcome to our new podcast,
0: Amazon Kindle Sponsor Hacks. Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So flash forward five years from this funeral of Stephen Bennett, the protege of grandfather Alfred Saybrook. Uh, now we get about 20% of the book, which is just, I guess, catching up with these women and where Mm -hmm. they are in their life right now. And this was the part that was incredibly boring and I did not give a shit about. So we'll try to get through it real quick. Um, (laughs) poppy is married to a man named james she's the mom of two young children and she is the president of the company which uh they passed up Stephen to give her that job uh before he got got obviously corinne and astor who i don't know if i've mentioned they are sisters um corinne is planning her wedding to a fancy man who is from texas oil money but also possibly related to british royalty uh, mm-hmm. So everyone is very into their union. Everybody wants them to get married. Aster is being a party girl and running about town and uh, doing bad, bad, dirty things like drinking in clubs, which her father is very upset about. Um, so he demands that she gets a job at the company, which she does. <laughs> she uh, cries Natasha, about it because she's never. Oh yeah, had a she job cries before. about it a lot, and it's very annoying. And it made me hate Aster a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Natasha <laughs> is mysterious. Um, She disinherited herself low these many years ago and nobody talks to her anymore. But she has been invited to be in Corinne's um, bridal party. Mm -hmm. Finally, Rowan is in love with uh, Poppy's husband, James, who she actually introduced them. She was best friends with him before they -hmm. got together. Um, And she's still super into him and wants to fuck him. But she resists because it is her cousin's husband. Until she doesn't resist and they have sex. Uh, Corinne Uh, also starts hooking up with um, the man, the man who is the Will. Will who gets hired to work as a caterer for her wedding, but also secretly um, they had a relationship in the summer five years ago. Uh, when um, she and her fancy boy had broken up for a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, okay so all this is going down Rowan sleeps with James she leaves the apartment goes towards the office because she also works there Um, and it turns out gasp Poppy has been well we find out murdered Um, at first (laughs) it seems like a suicide she's been pushed off of the top of the building
1: mm-hmm. very tragic
0: so that's the first 20 percent of the book now we get into like all the drama and stuff that first bit was real fucking boring it was hard to hear to get about through. all of their it was so we had to hear about their wedding dress fittings and their parties and going to the club <laughs> and how hard is it to have to get a job and, and they were all so whiny, oh my god all of them they were
1: worst and like they still are throughout the whole book but then like stuff happens and so it's a little bit more like the plot makes it more tolerable okay so poppy dies
0: where am i what's happening
1: poppy is murdered and honestly
0: here's the thing i remember liking the rest of this book okay full disclosure i was very (laughs) tired when reading this book (laughs) i don't super know the order of events so we're going to do our best. Just just guess. It's fine. Okay. So basically from this point on, the three women that remain... Oh, no. Sorry. I forgot the whole thing with Natasha. So <laughs> they all go to... There's kind of some stuff that happens in, in between this where they continue with their little dramas. But they end mm-hmm. up going to Corinne's bachelorette party. Um, the four of them. So... Natasha, Corinne, Aster, and Rowan. Mm-hmm. At which point, they all reveal their deep, dark secrets. Which, let me see if I can remember which dumb bitch has which deep, dark secrets. <laughs> it's easy, because two of them are cheatsies. Yeah. Rowan, we already talked about. She had sex with James. So that's her deep, dark secret. Pretty recent on that one. Mm-hmm. Corinne. Okay, so the guy that she, Will, who she is currently fucking, <laughs> she, as we mentioned, she also used to... Yeah, that's her deep, dark secret at that point. There's more to her deep, dark secret, but we don't she find it out right it. then. Yeah. She doesn't reveal it to them. Does she reveal it because I know after they hook up, she has that line. I think we, the audience, know at this point. Yes, we Maybe.
1: know, um, but then, like, I don't know if she tells anyone till the very end. I
0: can't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so until stuff kind of starts rolling. Yeah. Um. And I
1: think she only tells but essentially, Rowan, doesn't she? Because – Oh well, no! Maybe she tells all of them. I don't remember.
0: I think it comes up because oh, sorry, and I'm gonna bleep the name. Um, and big villain. Uh, <laughs> That's gonna reveal be a beep. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Enjoy. Um. In, in that person's big villain monologue, that person says, "Oh." I sent those letters. Like she's in the yeah. car, or that person is in the car with everyone, so they overhear that too. So they must know at that point, or whatever. I don't I know. Whatever. Do. I don't matter. remember when. I, we'll, I think she
1: we'll tells them there, when we'll she's having there. her breakdown on the beach at her rehearsal dinner.
0: Maybe. I think that's when Maybe. she tells
1: them. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway,
0: <laughs> we, the audience, know now that Corinne. Uh, because when she hooks up with Will, she says something along the lines of, or in her head, in the monologue, in the narrator voice. It's like some, they had created something that day, that first time that they had hooked up. Not only that, they had created someone. So like they had a kid.
1: Da, da, da.
0: Okay. And then <laughs> Rowan, Corinne. Aster. Aster. What is Aster's? Oh, is hers the is hers the thing about her dad? Is that the secret she reveals at that point, or nah?
1: She tells them that he and Poppy were talking about revealing something, and that he was like silencing mm. Poppy because Poppy is the okay. president of the Saybrook Company, Saybrook Diamond Company. Did we even say? Did they? They they're like a diamond company. I think I mentioned Major that.
0: League. Okay, I th- I think it, I think I think I've said diamond um, many times, but maybe it was not clear that they are. I, I think don't we know, <laughs> uh, guys. <laughs> Guys, tweet at us, let us know At this point in the podcast Are Have you guys a- aware?
1: <laughs> Saybrook Diamond Company quiz. Pop, Pop quiz the president.
0: Everybody take out your number twos And your Scantron. <laughs> please fill in the bubble completely What yes. type of company do the Saybrooks run? Is it A. A diamond company Is it B. An emerald company <laughs> <laughs> Is it C. A sapphire company <laughs> Or is it D? <laughs> Funny answer goes here. All of the above. All of the above. I guess it is technically D then. Because they, they do jewelry. Oh,
1: shit. Okay. Or E, a dog food <laughs> company. Find out at the end of the podcast. That
0: doesn't, that doesn't help, though. Adding a E option doesn't <laughs> change the fact that we shouldn't have done an all of the above. Option. But
1: it's after the all of the above. So D is still mm-hmm. technically correct.
0: Yeah, so it's not a diamond company, which is the thing that we just it's a, said two minutes it's ago. It's a jewelry
1: company, and they're famous for their diamonds that Grandpapa okay. found in Paris. Now
0: that, now that we've spent eight hours <laughs> explaining this minor plot point. Wait, and Poppy is. is
1: the president of this diamond, emerald, sapphire company, God,
0: and Rowan die. is
1: a lawyer, and this Corinne is, is the head purgatory. of foreign affairs, And Aster is an assistant. This isn't... No one cares. And Natasha owns her own yoga studio. Oh, my
0: God. Is that what she does? I didn't catch that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's why she goes to India at the end. Because she's, like, Mm -hmm. going to be that girl about it. Yeah, a little bit. I just thought she was in India. I don't know. She could be interested in world cultures. Uh, Okay. So after this is a mess. This is a whole mess and I have to edit it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So they all reveal these secrets. Natasha is like, "I too have a secret." Uh, they're driving away from the bachelorette party. Natasha's like, "I too have a secret." And the secret is this secret that I'm about to tell you. This deep dark secret that is so secretive. Secret secret secrets. Secret secrets secret, hurt no crash. Thank you um <laughs> uh, they get t-boned by a car actually i don't know do they get t-boned they get hit by a car I, um, it's unclear natasha is sent into a very convenient plot related coma mm-hmm. which you know probably should have seen because she got no viewpoint chapters so we knew that would happen mm-hmm. either that or she was the murderer um oh she would die and, and at this point kind of the three women go off on sort of three divergent storylines where they all come up with their version of who the killer is. Yes. So we'll go one by one again. It's very important that you guys get all of these details. There will be (laughs) another pop quiz.
1: The answer is going to also be D
0: all of the above. Remember that for later. All right. Natasha. Her deal. She's in a coma. We don't care. (laughs) Corinne let's do her so she is having this relationship with Will while she is about to get married to her fancy boy
1: oh my god this is like the stupidest most far-fetched one like is the dumbest of them I think
0: Uh, Corinne is super dumb Will is also super dumb And I hated him And I think the note that I wrote When Will was first introduced And they first like hooked back up Was he had better Mm -hmm. be the murderer Because otherwise this makes no sense Because (laughs) he like comes back into her life After five years And is like I love you still so much From that one summer we spent together For like ten minutes And then you ghosted on me And had your cousin break up with me for you Like No (laughs) Will. And then also he knew what? her
1: deep, dark secret. Mm-hmm. And he's still yes. like, I love you. And you should cancel your wedding that I am to be catering. With me, Will. Um, <laughs> I have found no <laughs> like, other yeah. woman in the past five years and found nothing else to love except cooking.
0: Also, I'm sorry, but if, if you like, I think we might've even talked about before, like being invited to an ex's wedding. If you are asked to cater an ex's wedding, say no, don't do that thing. <laughs> Why are you doing that thing? <laughs> What is, what do you want to gain out of this? Well, I guess money, but like, as the
1: person whose wedding it is, I guess maybe in Corinne's case, she was like keeping everything super hush hush secret. But like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you worry, like, oh my God, the caterer is going to like ruin my wedding because I dumped them in a terrible way (laughs) and also hit our secret love child?
0: Here's how this whole thing should have gone Corinne finds out Will is the caterer. Karen goes to her fiancé and says, Hey, that caterer, uh, we had a fling during that summer that we were, like, hardcore broken up. We're not getting back together. It wasn't a Rachel Ross situation. It wasn't. We were on a break. We had a relationship. We had a fling. It was a bad breakup. We should find a new caterer. Fancy Boy says, Yeah, that makes sense because that's the logical (laughs) fucking thing to do, even if you're trying to hide this deep, dark love child secret. Like...
1: Or just like burst into tears for no reason, like he does yeah. later on
0: in the book. Or or just or just be like, I don't like his food.
1: <laughs> yeah. Be what? Like, oh this is Garbo. Like
0: well, I hate it, it's gross. Let's get
1: Gordon Ramsay to cater our
0: wedding. Let's we get a taco truck. Whatever, who cares? Um anything Yeah, aside, actually that's what's cool. Anything now. aside from my ex-lover who I have a secret love child with. <laughs> And, I mean, like, and who might have murdered my cousin. Who might have <laughs> murdered my cousin. Because this is, thank you for getting us back on track. This is the conclusion Corinne comes to. Corinne. Corinne. Uh, Corinne, girl. So she flies to. <laughs> she's so, dumb. She's so dumb. She flies to Virginia to go see her secret love child. And doesn't think, like, like, she apparently has the address of the family that adopted this kid. But doesn't have, like, their email to be like, hey, what's up? Um, I'm the biological mom. Would it be cool if I dropped in? So instead, she just like does that unannounced, which is buck wild, like
1: <laughs> super. Yeah, like um, I know you're like really super out of touch and like really rich and don't understand how things work, but like not like that. Mm, not like that. That's really disruptive. Please, like,
0: don't. Do and it. I, I mean, to be fair, like the the adoptive mother is very like we're her parents now. You're nothing. Go away. Which in any other case, I would call out and be like, you know, you probably like I I think most um, like adoption rights sort of activists are pretty much on the side of like adoptive or uh, adoptees should be allowed to have relationships with both their biological and adoptive parents if that is at all possible. Mm -hmm. But in this case, the adoptive mother has been getting like some sort of we don't know exactly what, but she says that. Will has already come by and like been threatening towards them. So Corinne takes this to mean that Will is just like a a <laughs> bonkers person and um uh-huh. that since he knows about the kid, that he also must have realized that Poppy was like complicit in the hiding of cause like Corinne and Poppy together, um well, Corinne asked Poppy to, like, pretend that she was on assignment in, like, Hong Kong or something for a year so that she could have this kid in secret. so dumb.
1: But really, she was just in Virginia.
0: Right. Um, and nobody who knows the famous Say Brooks and their pictures in the paper all the time recognized her, I guess. But whatever. So. I guess. It's so. very dumb. So she, Corinne now believes that Will found out about the kid and thinks that, like, thought that, like, Poppy had, like, twisted Corinne's arm into the whole situation. And that's why Will killed Poppy. So that's Corinne's theory. It is a dumb theory, and Corinne is a dummy. But honestly, if she had, if Will had been the murderer, I would have been much happier because now he's just a a dumb boy. Yes. So. We move on to, let's do Rowan next. Um, Rowan thinks James did it because she uh, initially was like, he definitely didn't do it because we were having sex beforehand. And then like I left first. So like he couldn't have, Um, but then she figures out that like he could have in the time that he left the apartment to, like, she does math, Yeah, like, she
1: randomly remembered. She's like, oh, yeah, I did, like, three hours worth of things before I went into work that day. So I guess he did have time to leave and then go kill his wife.
0: <laughs> like, she, she literally just figures out how, how math and time works. Like, that's pretty much Rowan's <laughs> plot line in this. Um, she also finds out that James... Uh, has been cheating on Poppy with multiple people and is continuing to cheat on Rowan now that they are kind of a thing, but not really. Um, So Rowan's Mm -hmm. like... Also, he's violent. Oh, yeah. Also, he's violent. And also, Will was kind of violent in that one moment. Like, he smashes a plate when they're, like, having an argument, which is, like, pretty fucked up. Um, There's a lot of, like, men behaving like... It's that thing of, like, having to have red herrings that seem sketchy enough to be the red herring. But then, like, when they're not the murderer, yeah. just, that just means that they really behaved in very terrible ways.
1: They're just bad, bad people. So, like, mm. at one point, James, like, gets really mad at Rowan because she's, like, looking through their prenup and mm. he re- and he notices this because he goes to her office. And um, he, like, grabs her, both of her hands very forcibly mm. to do something. We don't know what. Because then someone, like, walks into the office to interrupt this. And then... Okay, so we get, like, he's, like, this really dark, secretive person, apparently. And then later on in the book, Rowan's like, but he was a good dad. <laughs> and I want to be like, hmm. I mean, he claimed to have loved you, and that's how he acted towards you when he got a little bit mad. Like, I don't know, man. He's got two girls under the age of five now. It's <laughs> And clearly some anger issues. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit concerned.
0: But yeah, so that's Rowan's whole plotline: is she figures out how math works, and that the guy who cheats on people a lot is continuing to do that. Wow, it's amazing! Really good detective, her de- detective work there, Rowan. Um, okay, so I know
1: she's like, oh, I thought he changed for Poppy. Poppy changed thought,
0: him, thought... and then I picked no. up the scraps, and I was into that. Yeah. So then we've got Aster. Aster. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what? What'd you say?
1: She's just dumb. She's just a dumb person. Like, she went to this book. When was this book written? 2014. I assume she went to high school. She's like, what's an Excel? I, what? You want me to input data? How do I book airline tickets? Do I just text the airplane? I don't understand. So a lot of asters she was dumb too. <laughs> uh,
0: Storyline is essentially like Devil Wears Prada but essentially with but with more murder where she's more dumb. She's working for this woman named Elizabeth. Um Elizabeth is very mean to her but also like kind of justified because it turns out Elizabeth is Stephen Bennett's widow. And also Aster had an (laughs) affair with Stephen Bennett. That guy, that dead guy we mentioned earlier. So like Aster hooked up with him. Yeah, the night he
1: died, they had sex. Yeah,
0: Aster hooked... Kind of. Yeah, so they had like a hookup thing. And the reason that Aster did that was to get back at her father because her father, she believes, was having an affair with Aster's best friend, Danielle. Because she saw them embracing through a window, and if we learn nothing from Handbook for Mortals, it's that any time yeah. one person sees oh my
1: God, a, <laughs> it is Handbook for Mortals an no! older
0: man embracing a younger woman and leaps to the conclusion that they are having an affair. What's really <sighs> happening is that is that man's secret love child. Um, and I wrote that down when, yep. like, basically when Danielle showed up, I was like, "Oh, Danielle is uh, Aster's se- <laughs> uh, secret half sister." Um, I also thought she was the murderer, Wow. which I wasn't quite right on, but I was pretty close.
1: I did too. Oh, also, she also works for the company. She works in HR, mm. and she has to like do Aster's onboarding yeah. um, when Aster starts working there. And it's very
0: funny to me and awkward. So she has to give give her the whole video.
1: This is the family this history. This is the family Astor's history. Like, about, I am the family about how
0: your uh, <laughs> great or your grandfather found a magical diamond at a Paris bazaar during World War II and brought it back, and it changed their fortunes, and they became so rich. Okay, so they all have these theories. They go to the FBI agent who has been tasked with their case, whose name it's is like fucking Scooby Doo. Name is. Scarlet fish, because she's just another fucking red hair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a weird one. Such a weird one. And I thought, I really did think that this was one of the, uh, would would have been a good killer. Because the beginning, like the old, old grandma, Edith, is like, I swear I've remembered you from somewhere, and she's like, "No, I'm an FBI agent. That's it. You don't know me."
0: The thing I thought when that happened was that she was another secret love child, but then I was like, "This is too many secret love childs. It's <laughs> too many. It love can't children. possibly be three. We gotta pump the brakes." <laughs> um. So I, I, in my in my running track of trying to decide who I thought the murderer was, I. Or who, what I thought was happening. I was more certain that Danielle was a secret love child than this dumb FBI woman. Um, so they all go to the FBI and they're like, hey, here are our theories. And she's like, your theories suck. I've interviewed all these people. Fuck off.
1: <laughs> it is, it's just like Scooby-Doo, though. Because they each say, I know who yeah. the killer is. And then they're like, um, no, that wasn't who the killer was. <laughs> I know who the killer might be. No, also, that was wrong. Okay, the third person has to be the killer. No, you're I don't think wrong. I
0: actually said Aster's theory was that Danielle. Or, no, it wasn't Danielle. But it, Aster's theory was that Mason, her father, killed Poppy because Poppy found out oh, about yeah. the affair with Danielle, and that was the whole thing, and so he killed her for it. And
1: also the money. There was, like, a bunch of, like, he liquidated a bunch of stocks or something.
0: So there was, like, some it was sketchy all mysterious. financial stuff going on. Okay, yeah, so we move into the end game. oh, also um Elizabeth, the slash Betsy, the mean boss who is the wife, the widow of Stephen Bennett, um, she saw Poppy standing over Steven's body and believes that Poppy murdered Stephen um, so there is also a theory which comes up with the FBI lady eventually that somebody who was in love with Stephen, or close to Stephen, killed Poppy in revenge.
1: Yes, which
0: There's a lot of <laughs> This theories. book was,
1: like, so overly convoluted with theories. It was like, Sarah Shepard went into this writing it like it was already option for television yeah. because it feels like a season of TV. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, oh, remember in episode 5 when we found out that we thought Poppy killed somebody? And then by episode 26 of that season, you're like, doesn't even matter it felt like it was years ago that you found that out no in this book though it was like all at once it was very confusing
0: remember that whole bottle episode where corinne and will hooked up in the wine cellar and then we found out about corinne's secret love child yeah there was a lot of that
1: remember that pop quiz where we couldn't remember
0: (laughs) what kind of company (laughs) stupid girls were. oh my god okay so we move into the end game um corinne's wedding corinne is getting married uh, as mentioned in this podcast, she, everyone is going to the wedding, including people who really shouldn't be there, but whatever. Um, there's several characters who are like plot pertinent who we haven't even mentioned yet, and I'm probably not gonna. Sorry, Mitch, but like there's just too many of them. Um, Mitch is a boy. Mitch is a boy who her likes. I guess we, he can do we did mention him now. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Corinne has a little meltdown at her wedding. And goes running off into the ocean naked. It
1: was pretty good, though. Yeah. As far as meltdowns go, that's a pretty good one.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so she runs in the ocean naked. Everyone's like... The cousins are like, okay, we gotta go deal with Corinne. They go get Corinne. And... Man, I read this like an hour ago. I should be able to remember it.
1: <laughs> they go to get Corinne, and she goes in, and... um. Says I'm not going to be with Will. I'm going to get married to Dixon. and But then Mitch has, like, gone and hacked into the, um, like, the computer, what is it called, the security mm, camera yeah. footage, and they can see who was walking through the lobby yes. the day so that Poppy they, was they killed. So they
0: see that Danielle was in the lobby. Um, or at least a woman who looks like Danielle and was had red hair and her the ugly dress that she was wearing which at first I was like I don't know why anyone would be like, oh yeah I remember this dress specifically belonging to this person but then I like looked at the description of it and I was like oh it's it is a really ugly dress I would probably remember that actually
1: what kind of dress was that I don't it was remember. like color
0: block like green orange and white or something and I was like yeah that does sound pretty like fucking ugly oh. like I, I would probably <laughs> <laughs>
1: If she wore that even, like, once a month, I'd be yeah, like, dog, right. Yeah, that's
0: that ugly dress Danielle wears sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so so they, they, uh, Danielle-ish person is in the lobby and uh, the FBI agent. So they're like, oh, my God, FBI agent killed Poppy. Um, she's the killer because they also see a photo. It's of Corinne at the party before Stephen died. And she was there as a waitress. And they're like, oh, my God, she was the townie that Stephen was in love with. So she killed Poppy in revenge for Poppy killing Stephen. Mm-hmm. This is their new theory that they all agree on, all three of them. So they, they go to Danielle. It's, it's a very good it's one. It's a very good theory. <laughs> so they go to Danielle and her mother, Julia, and are like, we got to go to the FBI in Baltimore right now because we can't trust the FBI here cuz she's in the FBI here so let's let's book it let's drive 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 gonna, go to
1: another state go
0: to another state so danielle's like okay sure cuz danielle does whatever the fuck they tell her to and they're driving and so uh, i think it's aster is like she remembers all mm-hmm. of a sudden that danielle had said she was sick And, like, she didn't go into work that day that Poppy was murdered. So she's like, wait a second. If Danielle was sick, how was she in the lobby? She's like, wait, Mm -hmm. Danielle, were you really sick? And Danielle's like, yes. And she's like, no, were you really for real sick? Because I think you were in the lobby. Which, let me just say, if I was in the car with someone and – (laughs) <laughs> you who thought I was thought a was murderer? a murderer. You know what I wouldn't do? Be like, hey, I don't think your alibi holds water. Like, I don't think that's <laughs>
1: I think you're the murderer. Like, it was a
0: very dumb bad thing to do. So she, they're yeah. like she's kind of pressing, pressing, whatever. And then basically Julia, the mother of Danielle, who also has red hair and presumably can fit in Danielle's ugly dress. Yeah,
1: they're supposedly like look like they could be yeah. twins.
0: Um she pulls a gun on everybody and is like you solved the murder and they're like we didn't really but you pulled a gun on us so i guess we did now You solved it for us <laughs> by pulling this gun on us
1: um, so they don't actually
0: ever solve the murder. So Julia yeah, is like This is true. Julia's like Yes, twas me. I did it. And they're all like but why? And she's like you treated Danielle so poorly, even though and then Aster's like, boop, 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 pieces fitting together, beep, boop, information processing, <laughs> beep, boop, <bump, laughs> boop, beep. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You're my You're sister. My sister. <laughs> and Danielle's like, Yes, I thought you knew, Aster, that I was your sister. And so when you turned against me, it did hurt my heart so And Aster's like, yeah, I thought you were fucking my dad, my (laughs) B. So Julia's like, (laughs) Julia is like, yeah, I wanted to murder. Because there's also been this whole other thing about on the stupid blog that tracks their every move about how, like, one heiress down, four heiresses to go, blah, 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 whatever. So, like. uh, Mm
1: -hmm. They're heiress hunting, basically. Yeah, so
0: Julia's like, I was going to kill all of you because Mason, Danielle, and Aster, and. Corinne's father like didn't acknowledge Danielle and kept her a secret and she should have had all the money and you guys suck and I did this all for my daughter and then she's like guess I'm gonna shoot you now and Danielle's like no mother if you shoot them you must shoot me as well and Julia's like yeah okay I guess I'll do that (laughs) (laughs) which okay cool character motivation they're all against me (laughs) Like, you did this for your daughter, but also you're willing to shoot your daughter, like, five seconds later. Okay, cool.
1: For the greater good. So,
0: Julia is going to kill them all, and then someone shouts, freeze. And guess what? It's Scarlet O'Fishbone, and she's here (laughs) to Oh,
1: that character, Scarlet (laughs) O'Fishbone.
0: Julia, because- she also figured it out. She did an actual crime solving, I guess.
1: Yeah, totally behind the scenes. She's just like, I am smarter than you guys, and I knew this was going to happen, so <laughs> I
0: followed is, you all. This is my actual job. Sorry. <laughs> oh, also <laughs> in the villain monologue, we find out about um, how... So Julia wrote a letter to Will that was like, hey, Will, it's me, Corinne. I had a secret baby with you. Cool. Peace. Bye. Bye. Which, like, the fact that Will just like, <laughs> never brought that up, a little bit suspicious. And then yeah, Julia wrote to the adoptive mother and was like, hey, adoptive mother, it's me, the biological father. I'm going to kill you if you don't let me see my daughter or something along those lines.
1: <laughs> which is like, <laughs> which is, like she, she let which she also, that man see her daughter. Like, which,
0: which she also is. didn't do anything with that. Well, she, she did say she was like, she told will to leave because he had been so threatening or whatever so like also yeah. though you could have called the cops though yes <laughs> anyway and then uh, Rin's so like how did you or know about FBI. my secret love child that literally nobody else knew about including the fbi and also like all of the blogs that are obs- obsessed with us and julia is like yeah you guys aren't very good at hiding secrets It's like, you can't just say a thing.
1: (laughs) Yes, explain it, please.
0: That's such a cop-out. I totally forgot about this until right now, but um, there was a moment earlier in the book where, let me make sure I'm not about to embarrass myself. Hold on.
1: (laughs) No, I want to hear it unedited. (laughs)
0: Because I'm pretty sure this thing doesn't work this way. (laughs) Okay, I can't find out if they do work this way, but I suspect they don't. But if I'm... Being dumb, someone please tweet at me and let me know. So there is a moment in this book please. where Mitch, the uh, the aforementioned unforementioned, <laughs> he is helping Aster to, like, break into her dad's computer, and he installs a key logger to, like, figure out his password. Yeah, I'm pretty sure
1: they have to already have yeah, been installed right. to start logging <laughs> like the keys. He,
0: Like he installs it and then it's like a big it's like oh it tracks everything that you type in and then it just like spits out everything that he's ever typed in in the past so they immediately have his password which I don't think that's how that works but maybe I'm incorrect. I'm pretty sure it's not but I don't want to google it. I have googled it and I have found it I don't think this is a question that anyone would ask of can I install a keylogger and then have access to past data I don't think anyone's asked that to google yet um (laughs) I don't think it's possible I don't think that's how it works keyboard is like I don't know I don't I don't think that's how that works anyway so (laughs) that was a while back (laughs) in the plot but there's a lot of kind of that where it's just like people just say things and that's how it works I guess so there's a magic key logger and Julia just kind of knew about the secret baby that no one else on the planet knew about so Julia uh, surrounded by the FBI get there like freeze and she's like not going down this way and like tries to shoot at someone she gets shot maybe and then she's like peace out suckers and jumps off the bridge so of course (laughs) she's fucking alive and if there was a sequel
1: (laughs) It's she, like she, fucking jason Bourne, boy. she just
0: vanished. fucking sherlock fucking jumping <laughs> off the building like she's fine it's fine don't be ridiculous um but everyone's oh, like well so I guess she's dead now and it's like no she's clearly not you idiots um <sighs> so then we get like this is like at like 86 percent of the way through the book so we've still got a, a mm-hmm. decent chunk but not enough to, like, introduce a new plot line. So we're just going to spend, like, the next eight chapters just so annoying. wrapping up all of the plot lines. Um,
1: Every single little thing. And I was just like, oh, I don't care anymore. We yeah. found out
0: who did it. Just <laughs> give me, like, like three pages of a conclusion. So <laughs> the main points from this Lord of the Rings-esque ending, in which it keeps ending and then not ending, <laughs> Um Natasha comes out of her coma and is like, here's the big secret I was going to tell you guys. And hey, podcast listeners, do you remember how I mentioned earlier in the episode that they watched that video about how their grandfather got the diamond from a Paris bazaar during World War II? I did that on purpose, so this part would make sense. Um, That's not the real story. (laughs) What actually happened is that their grandfather stole that from Holocaust victims. Cool, cool,
1: cool, cool, cool. So awesome. So, cool guy. Great family. So
0: I'm copy... on Natasha's side.
1: Hashtag Natasha did nothing wrong.
0: <laughs> right. Natasha was like, we shouldn't have this money. Peace out. I'm going to go do yoga, I guess.
1: I don't want any of it. Your blood uh, money.
0: Mason knew about this and Natasha found out about it steven did not know about this but knew something was up because the funds that got liquidated were to pay off like a a a descendant of the guy who helped steal the diamond with um yes he wanted to come with people so they paid him off steven saw that that weird transaction had happened And then, like, threatened to come forward with the information about the Nazi stuff, which again, he had absolutely no way of finding that out. But they're like, oh, he did some digging and figured it out. It's like, okay, but like, you've, you, okay, you've set up that this is a secret that is so secret (laughs) that no one can ever unsecret it. So you can't then just be like, oh, but he did it. He did the, he figured it out. He solved the puzzle and so he got murdered. Like, no, you can't do it that way. But I mean, she did, so it's fine. <laughs> so, that's why Stephen got murdered, uh, which was by Julia. I don't know if we mentioned that. Julia murdered Stephen so that um, and she I, could ingratiate yeah, herself like, with Mason, I guess.
1: Made no sense, yeah. So basically she just created more problems for them in the sake of like, accept my daughter as your daughter. Yeah,
0: yeah. Julia was like, Hey I know what will okay. what will make um my boyfriend love his daughter if I kill a guy, and then his Mason was like, "No, that definitely didn't do it. um I'm gonna break up with you instead. I hate you more <laughs> so, now <laughs> like that was a very bad plan um Danielle <laughs> is fully accepted by the family as like a cousin and sister um, by everyone, which annoys the shit out of Grandma Edith because she's, like, she probably was in on it the whole time.
1: Yeah, well, and it's weird because, like, Mason, the dad, Mm. that did all the bad hiding of stuff, was like, it's up to you, Aster, whatever Danielle's fate may be. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's really not, Actually, it's still up to you to, like, acknowledge her, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, like, the tabloids had it, so everyone knew. It was just like, are you going to be nice to your half-sister or not? Was pretty much the issue. Yeah, so it's like. Also, there has been a post on that dumb blog site that keeps coming up, which was kind of maybe run by Julia. Maybe Julia just submitted stuff to it. Not super clear. Um, but there's yeah. a lot of stuff that Julia had no way of getting. And uh, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, blog site puts up a thing that's like one heiress, two heiress, three heiress, four, with pictures of like the four main cousins something heiress new heiress uh picture of danielle but guess what there's more so like there's another secret so there is another secret love child somewhere that we don't know about um yes and we're probably never going to know about because this book ends with grandma edith throwing some shade at danielle being like maybe she was in on the murder and then talking about her cancer. And then, which that's the thing that just got introduced at the last minute for no fucking reason. And then her mm-hmm. being like, there's a scream. There's a dead body wearing the pendant that all the granddaughters have. And she's like, oh, God, not again. The curse is still amongst us. Ah, uh, end of book, which uh, sets it up. to Someone's dead. Someone's dead. One of the girls that we spent this whole book getting to know and love, probably Natasha. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We're most likely never going <laughs> to... Probably, because n- we have the least attachment to it. Right, right. Uh, we're most likely never going to know who that is or what the deal is with Danielle or anything, because as far as I can tell, Sarah Shepard has absolutely no, no plan, plan to re- write the sequel to this book at this time. Yeah, this
1: came out almost five years ago, so... Yeah,
0: and she's done some other shit since them and then, and none of it has been dealing with this shit. So I think she was pretty much like, "Oh, eh, that was fun, I'm done. I'm going to go write more... <laughs> more uh, <laughs> Yet another series about a group of women who all have deep, dark secrets (laughs) and who who are being stalked by a murderer. And it might be one of them, but it probably isn't. But it might be. And cool, cool, cool. (laughs) It's
1: going to be very convoluted. Oh, man. So that was this book. (laughs) Oh, it was it was such a mess. It really was just all over the place. And that's why I couldn't stop reading it, because I was like, which of these? stupid ideas is gonna pan out to be the big
0: one yeah it was was none of super readable (laughs) i usually don't like mysteries because i feel like i'm spending the whole time figuring out who did it but for this one i was pretty Mm -hmm. much like oh danielle's a secret love child she did it and i was like pretty set on that the whole way through um and everything confirmed that until like about 10 minutes from the end when i was like oh it's not danielle it's her mom cool cool so like I wasn't stressed the way I usually am when I write or I read mystery books because um, I find them very stressful <laughs> in general. Um, so it was all right. It wasn't that bad. I got through it. It was fine. And I, I would say I enjoyed a good part of it. It wasn't um, like it It wasn't I, I would not have a lot of times when we're kind of like, oh, it was OK, you know, um, we'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'd recommend this if you're really into this specific niche honestly I'd recommend this like I think that it maybe not this one because we've spoiled all the plot points but um
1: yeah go read another yeah, I, books, I, maybe
0: yeah see if there's like another standalone I don't know if I would like really hardly recommend investing your life into pretty little liars because that seems like kind of a big chunk of your life that you're gonna have to kind of pour into that just because there's Many of them, but maybe I don't know if she's got any other like yeah. standalones. Maybe go check those out. Seems like they're, they're a pretty fun time. Uh, if you're into like the murder thriller sort of thing, it's not super, um, it's super like it, it's a readable book. It's pretty, you know, it's fun. Like I had fun, yeah, cool. Which, so I guess that's my silver lining is I, I had fun reading this book, I didn't hate it. It was it's a good book, uh, not. I don't this is this is the thing I hate to say good yeah this exactly. is the thing it's hard to because everything is subjective right? it serves about purpose this. yeah we've talked about this a lot that like just because we hate a thing doesn't mean everyone will hate the thing so I mean like I wouldn't call it good necessarily just because of kind of some of the flaws that we already discussed but um, I thought it was pretty well written like I didn't think it was you know like I think mainly the flaws were just that the characters weren't likable and that's maybe kind of the point Um, maybe it's not Mary maybe Sarah Shepard thought that everybody would love these girls but I I didn't I don't know I don't know I, I. this is the book this is the book that we've read thus far that I'm the most ambivalent about. Usually I come down pretty hard. I'm either like Yeah. No, I really hated this book, which is like 98% of the stuff we read, or I'm like no, this is actually like a good book and I enjoyed it and I like it. I I mean I enjoyed this book and I had fun, but I'm just kind of like it's it's whatever. I'm not mad about it. I'm That's that's my final endorsement. I'm not mad about it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm sad I didn't pick a book you hated, but I am glad I didn't have to read something that was also bad.
0: Yeah. Did you have a silver lining, or was that pretty much your silver lining, too, that it was just, it was a fun book?
1: Um, yeah, it was, yeah, like, it was, like, that kind of book that you want to read when you're on vacation or, like, on mm-hmm. the plane or at the beach or something. Like, something that you don't have to get super invested in and it's easy to read. It's, it was entertaining, and it did read like a TV show. Like, I could definitely see this on the CW someday. Um,
0: Not without but, sequels, man.
1: Oh, yeah <laughs> but with the huge caveat that like or caveat is
0: that what i'm looking for yep, maybe. with the huge the sentence
1: and i'll tell disclaimer, you disclaimer yeah caveat works that it is like it's like yeah yeah it's, it's it's trash reading but you know sometimes that's what you want
0: yeah i don't know i'm like i said very ambivalent didn't make me mad it's all good Sarah shepherd yeah cool
1: cool beans dang I wish I'd gone with my other pick, though, but then I guess I'll save that for later.
0: Have to save that for, like, a month and a half from now. Um, Let's finish our other segments before we get into (laughs) the next uh, reading. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Of the characters (laughs) in this book, who did you relate to the most?
1: Um, I related to probably um, either Natasha because she was mostly in a coma but also wanted nothing to do with this family, Mm, or Elizabeth Who really hated this family. That was my pick. Um,
0: Yo, Elizabeth is my dream.
1: (laughs) Yes, she was, like, wonderfully snarky. Like, I think she really was, like, Sarah Shepard was like, "Mm, I really love Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. Mm -hmm. I want to write a character like that. Here's that character.
0: Yeah, she's just, like, rude for no reason and Mm -hmm. talks shit about everyone and like is a huge bitch and I love it. I'm so here for it. She was great. I would read a whole book about her. Yes, she was. Which, I mean, I guess I could just go read Devil Wears Prada.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So is that what you'd rather be reading?
0: Um, No, it's not. I actually, um, so I was trying to think of like how to, because, you know, when we do these rather be readings, for the most part, sometimes we're just like, fuck it, I just bought this book and I want to read it. Um, But for the most part, we try to pick like books that connect to this book in some way. I don't know if you guys you guys at uh-huh. home have figured that out yet, but there is a method um <laughs> so I was trying to think like what first of all, I knew I wasn't gonna pick a mystery because I honestly I cannot think of a mystery that I would actually like recommend to people because I just don't fucking like mystery mm-hmm. books, sorry, I mean they're fine, they're whatever I just they're whatever um <laughs> so I thought instead kind of the other thing that I guessed was why you picked this was the whole socialite thing and that was why you picked this um and the whole like kind of high society bullshit nonsense so I was trying to think of like a book that I've read that I like that is that that is about that that is about like looking at a high society and kind of critiquing this the book I came up with it actually would have fit a few weeks ago because it is a pride and prejudice retelling it's called, um, ah. yeah, it's called Unmarriageable by, let me find it, by Sonia Kamal. Um, and it is a Pride and Prejudice story set in Pakistan um, and Dang. dealing with, like, Sounds cool, kind of the high society of that. And I actually don't super like the romance in it that much, which is weird for a Pride and Prejudice retelling, but I really, really like how it looks at... Um, kind of the like it's an insight it's a look at like the sort of societies and culture that exists in this like kind of the rich the richer class in Pakistan with like a critical eye in terms of feminism and also in terms of like post-colonialism so I really enjoyed all of that about it I I didn't mention it during our Pride and Prejudice uh episode because not Pride and Prejudice episode Mr. Darcy Vampire um I didn't mention That's it. Pia. I didn't mention it in my <laughs> list of Pride and Prejudice adaptations that I really like because I don't particularly like the romance in it. I think it's kind of like not really that important, but I really like everything else about it. And um, I think it kind of fits the idea of let's look at how the upper class lives, but it's mm-hmm. more critical and it's more like um, it calls into question a lot of things um, relating to that specific. Ver- version of the upper class. How about you? What you got?
1: My pick was, well, I was going to say, oh, rich people, crazy rich Asians, but I'm pretty sure I already recommended that yeah, one. Yeah, on I, I was
0: thinking crazy rich Asians a lot with this one, honestly.
1: Yes, and um, that series is very good. I have read the three of them, and I have enjoyed them all three, so I I do recommend them, but I think I'm going to go for my official recommendation um Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. Oh, it's actually yeah. like a YA mystery mm. series, which YA mystery is very big right now. Um, and we're seeing a lot of new books about them. I, uh, but, uh, and I, this was the first one that I'd ever read, but it's about a girl who goes to a private school in Vermont. That's like, I don't know, it's not like a regular school. It's like for people who, um, are like very good artists or very good at inventing something. Um, but, they also there is a murder that happened there's like a cold case that happened on the campus when this campus used to be a rich person's house um in their estate anyway uh a murder did happen and it went unsolved and stevie bell is the main character of this book in modern day and she is going to this school um because basically she wants to solve the mystery and she likes true crime, true crime pod podcasts and stuff. And so she goes and she tries to solve the mystery. But then also new murders happen. And so the book leaves the first book. I've only read the first book. The second one just came out, but it left on a the vanishing stare, um, cliffhanger. I yes, the vanishing stair. Mm-hmm. So I'd recommend reading both of them. There, it's going to be a trilogy, I'm sure, because it's a YA series. Yes, it is. Um, so you might want to wait until it comes out because <laughs> the cliffhanger was not cool. Um, but they were, they're very good. And Maureen Johnson is pretty well known in the YA. Yeah. I was going to say, I've read a lot of Maureen
0: Johnson stuff and, you know, I like it and she's cool. Um, but I haven't read that one specifically, so I might have to move that up the reading list based on that recommendation. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Does that wrap us up for segments and shit? Yes.
1: I think we're done talking about heiresses and now we can move on to whatever fresh hell you have oh I don't
0: have one because I I believe we have a reader suggestion do we not oh my gosh we do have a reader submission I almost forgot gotta get on those reader submissions yeah
1: so let me pull this up here my friend Kristen who listens to the podcast um recently oh I kept saying reader submission
0: listener submission not reader
1: well, she also read it. So, I mean, she's a reader.
0: <laughs> yeah, but in regards to her submission. It's a listener submission. My bad. That was my fault. I let us astray by saying that. A slummer submission. <laughs> yeah, a slummer submission. We have a slummer submission. I'm going to try to edit that. A slub mission, if you a will. Slub-mission. A slub mission. Try to edit that into something usable. Well, so Kristen
1: listened to this audiobook on and she said it centers on two women, a psychologist and her subject, and their relationship completely unprofessional that comes out of the study. I feel like it's trying for gone girl thrillerness with a female antihero. I don't tell I won't tell you why I hated it because I don't want to ruin it, but I found it to be a book I couldn't stop listening to even as I hated most of it. So I feel like it will be perfect. <laughs> so, yes, it's a thriller mystery, so we will be doing two of them in a row. Oh um, joy but- Hopefully, this is more of the kind that you won't like. Yeah, should we read the blurb
0: on? Yeah, let's let's the book do a, we'll a or... good reads blurb real quick. I'm gonna read the italics part in a oh, spooky voice. Oh yes, place. you do that. Seeking women ages 18 to 32 to participate in a study on ethics and morality. Generous compensation. Anonymity guaranteed. <laughs> When
1: Jessica Ferris signs up for a psychology study conducted by the mysterious Dr. Shields, she thinks all she'll have to do is answer a few questions, collect her money, and leave. Question number one. Could you tell a lie without feeling guilt? But as the questions grow more and more intense and invasive, and the sessions become outings where Jess is told what to wear and how to act, she begins to feel as though Dr. Shields may know what she's thinking and what she's hiding.
0: Question number two. Have you ever deeply hurt
1: someone you care about. As Jess's paranoia grows, it becomes clear that she can no longer trust what in her life is real and what is one of Dr. Shield's manipulative experiments. Caught in a web of deceit and jealousy, Jess quickly learns that some obsessions
0: can be deadly. Question number three. Should a punishment always fit the crime? Cool, cool. So that sounds like um, some like Fifty Shades of Grey, you sort of shit going on. Yes. <laughs> Okay, cool. So that will be next fortnight. Um, so swing on by if you would like to hear us talk about it.
1: If you've ever had to investigate someone you love because you think they are guilty of murder and have installed a key logger on their computer, can you discover what they've typed clarify, before please? you've installed the program? <laughs>
0: How's that work? Let us know. How's that work? <laughs> Tweet at us <laughs> at hate on Twitter or email us uh, with the answer to that question. Or if you have your own um, literary slummer submission uh, that you would like to have us cover. your submission, you can email us at hate or uh, hate recast at gmail.com.
1: As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below.
0: Whatever podcast aggregator you're listening to us on, if you could f- or feel free to follow us on that so you are sure not to miss an episode. Um, if you're podcast listening thing of choice happens to be itunes if you could leave us a five-star review so that we might have a chance to reach more ears that would be greatly appreciated and if you know anyone who you think would like this podcast you could always tell them about it in person like like face to face you know <laughs> in the
1: words of sarah Shepard, a job jesus she hailed a cab and gave the driver her downtown address. Then leaned against the window and closed her eyes. For the first time, it felt as if the family curse was real, because starting next week, Aster would be living it, because she had to get a job. <laughs>
0: it's so hard out there like for the nervous. rest of the
1: 99% of the it's
0: world. So hard. <laughs> uh... We didn't do a second uh, pop quiz question.
1: Oh, we can do one real quick. No. I'll just cut out the part
0: where you said there'll be another one at the end. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Perfect.